would like to start today's episode of The Upside, this August 20th episode of The Upside, wishing my mom a happy 75th birthday. Yeah, happy heavenly birthday, Donna D. Um, it's her first birthday since she's been gone. How are you feeling? I'm, you know what? I, I'm fine. I'm sad, obviously, but most of this sadness has to do with my dad, you know? Because of all the COVID stuff and him being alone and whatnot. Yeah. Like, that's where the, the sadness is. Um, obviously, I, you know, miss her and normally would wake up in the morning and text her or call or whatever. And I would send her a card stuffed with scratch-off tickets. <laughs> uh, and it's weird just not getting to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, I think Mother's Day was more sad for me. Yeah. You know, um, just because like Mother's Day, I would always call her and, you know, send flowers and, you know, some cookies or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but I think so, like I always got Mother's Day and then my dad always got her birthday. Like he made her a cake one year, I remember, mm -hmm. and he would always get her her scratch off tickets, take her to the casino. And so it's just, uh, you know, it's a, it's a bummer. F it's a bummer. But for him, it's just so sad, you know? Yeah. So anyways, uh, happy birthday to my mom. If you're listening, hopefully we reach heaven. <laughs> the upside means living in gratitude, finding the positive in every experience, and helping other people do the same. You are now part of the movement. Welcome to The Upside with Callie and Jeff. If this is your first episode of The Upside, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back. My name is Jeff Dollar, and today I am grateful for the productive first half of the week that I've had, despite Callie being on vacation. My name is Callie Dollar, and I am grateful for the ease of online shopping. I do, And just so I can clarify that, it doesn't mean that, like, so it's just easier when Callie's home to forego things that need to be done. But we have both done a really great job of being productive and taking care of stuff that needs to get done before the baby arrives. Does that make you happy? Yes. So happy. I won't have another long, I won't have another week long time off um, until I'm off for maternity leave. Right. So this is it. Yeah. <laughs> And we've been productive too. We've both been productive. So I just don't yeah. want it to be. It's a win. Yeah. Someone posed this question to me on Instagram. Actually, a couple of people did. And I was like, I should really ask Jeff about this. Um, because we had spoken in the beginning of all this coronavirus mayhem about maybe getting an RV, going up to New York to see your dad, trying to like figure out a way to get him here. Um that he would be happy with, not meaning like we couldn't physically get him here, but like, you know, yeah. like he'd have to travel and that's travel is a scary thing right now. Um, so anyways, people have asked, how are you doing not seeing your dad during all of this? And like, what are our plans with your dad, the baby coronavirus, like all that stuff? I don't think there are any plans because who knows what coronavirus is going to look like in November. You know, right. like we have New York, by the way, is where, Jeff's where, dad lives. where my dad lives, is doing so great with 
keep controlling the coronavirus. I mean, they've made some really tough decisions. They canceled the New York State Fair for the first Which time. Which is a huge deal. Right. That's canceled in um, for the first time in forever. And uh, I, I know that the I see in the news reports that I don't think they've opened gyms yet, or I think they're about to do that. Um, they have not allowed indoor dining yet. So they're really, really tough on what you can and can't do. But they also went in super early and like mandated masks mm-hmm. in stores and, and everything. Like, I don't think my dad has been able to go anywhere without a mask on since March. Like they yeah. did immediately. And and so New York's doing really great. The problem is we live in Georgia and I just read yesterday that Georgia is one of the three worst states in the country. So, so there's that. <laughs> so the thought of going like, I feel like this in the year 2020, we're going to have like one chip to cash in. You know what I mean? Like we're going to have one opportunity to do something and I'm trying to be mindful of the signs. And so I thought about doing something this week, but all the news reports I said, I read were New York is doing so well. Mm -hmm. Georgia is doing so poorly. I'm not going to be the one to bring coronavirus to New York. Like it just felt well, like. Well, to your 80 something dad at that, you yeah. know, like, yeah, we, <laughs> I, um, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna be the one to roll North with that disease. So. <laughs> Can you imagine no. if you were the reason and they're like, no, <laughs> um, we know who brought coronavirus to New York. It's a Georgian. And it's, um, and it's illegal. There's still a ban. Like, yeah. I don't know how well they're enforcing it, but there's still a ban. But anyways, so that's kind of why we haven't caught up over the summer and I would hope that something would allow him to come down at the time that his granddaughter's born to be here for that. But this is going to be, it's all going to be a game time decision. Yeah. I mean, who knows what the world's going to look like in November. Right. So, you know, yeah, hopefully it'll be a situation where I could go. I don't think anybody will be flying but where I could like drive up and get him and come back, you know, Mm -hmm. bring him back for a couple of weeks. He can meet his granddaughter, be here for Thanksgiving and Christmas maybe. And then I could take him back home. Mm -hmm. But who knows? Who knows? Who knows in this world that we're living in? Who knows? That's my song. Good song. It's my musical about 2020. (laughs) I am so excited to go to sleep tonight. And why would that be? I know why, but. Uh, I am doing a sleep study, an at-home sleep study because I don't want to be a snorer, er, snorer, er. Snorer. And I have always snored, like when I would get sick, Mm -hmm. like if I would get a cold, like Callie could usually predict when I was going to get a cold. Like three days before I would get the cold. Oh, I totally could. Because she, you would never snore. And then all of a sudden you would start snoring. I'm like, you're going to get a cold tomorrow. And you're like, yes. really? I feel fine. And then he comes home from work and he's like. Ugh. Right. So that's when I used to snore. And over the past year or so, it's gotten worse. I think, I, I know I've put on weight. I've put on too much weight. So that's contributing to it. But I just don't, I don't know. I think, I don't know what 
switch flipped. I think maybe because a few nights I had to sleep in the guest room because I was keeping <laughs> Callie up. And I don't want to do that when she's growing our baby. But some switch flipped where I was like, just take care of it. Yeah. So, and if I'm being totally honest, I think because I've, I think I'm stuck in this, like, I just feel tired during the day, which I've never felt tired during the day before. So you're not getting a restful night's sleep because of it. So I don't think I'm getting a good night's sleep because of the snoring. And I think the fact that I'm tired is making it more difficult for me to find motivation to go out for a walk or for a run, which is then contributing to me not losing weight. And so I think I'm in this like weird circle weird, of like, like tornado yeah. or whatever. And so I want to interrupt it. So I, I there, so what does it tell you? Is it like a mask? Is it like a, it doesn't tell me anything. I, I put a thing on my chest. Like uh-huh. I put little sticker things on my chest. I put a thing on my finger. I think I put a thing around my bicep and then I just go to sleep like normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I wake up in the morning, I put all the stuff back in the box and I drop it into to FedEx and it goes to the lab and they analyze it yeah. and all that stuff. And then they'll, you know, give me t- some suggestions. Science is amazing. Yeah. Like you remember not even a decade ago, probably like five years ago, you would have to go in, you would have to like, do you, you would have to spend the night at a center. You would have to do certain things. Like it was a huge couple day long process to get that kind of information. And I don't know how precise that could be because I know I wouldn't sleep well. I wouldn't sleep well there. With people watching you. On and all video. the wires yeah. all over you. And yeah, I don't think I would sleep well either. Um, so anyways, I'm so excited to get this done to, to find out what it means. And because... I have found myself like more tired during the day. I'm excited to, I don't know, get back on track. If that feels, if it, yeah, I'm proud of you. Yeah, good job. Um, and then, all right, I want to say one more thing here. To totally, not even has nothing to do with sleeping, but it has to do with something I read right before we started recording. Okay. It involves Ellen DeGeneres. Okay. And I want to speak more broadly about celebrities than I do specifically about Ellen, because I don't know anything about the culture of her show. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it was a bad place to work or a good place to work. I don't know anything about it. Right. You've never worked there. So, and I'm not disputing any of the allegations that it was a crappy place, whatever that, that, that aside, one thing that's being said about Ellen is that people were told not to look her in the eyes and don't talk to her. And I saw it reported as part of her, like on when you're on the set with her mm-hmm. at her TV show. Um, and the other part of it uh, was her going to do a morning show interview, I think in London or somewhere. Mm-hmm. And somebody who was on staff said, they told us not to talk to Ellen. I would like to defend celebrities and say, I don't think that's true. I don't think Ellen ever made a rule that people aren't allowed to talk to me. And I don't think Ellen ever made a rule not to look her in the eye because I have witnessed dozens of times from working in radio, people come into the room and they ahead of the celebrity and they say, okay, whoever's coming in, Diddy is coming in studio and don't ask him about this other project 
that he's working on. Don't ask him about this movie he's producing. He's not here to talk about that. He's here to promote his vodka. And then he walks in the room and we're all hanging out. We're doing an interview and then he brings up the movie and the room gets weird. And somebody says to him, we weren't supposed to bring up the movie because this is supposed to be about your vodka. And he's like, he's oh like, my what? God. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's never the celebrity. Well, it's funny because it's rare, and I'm sure it's, some, rare, it's, it's rarely, rarely the celebrity. celebrity. And I have an, a theory about what happened with Ellen, but I'll share it in a second. So I have been more or less a right hand to talent since I graduated, no, even since in college. So this has been like a career for me is being around famous people and kind of being their handler. Um, there are things with almost every celebrity I've ever worked with that doesn't bother them, but it impedes on my time and what I need them to accomplish. Right. So yes. I go in and say, and it's not, don't look them in the eye. Like I've never been that kind of person, but I will, you know, if someone asks me a question like, Hey, can we make time for autographs or whatever it is? Right. I'm like we actually can't. Um, she's on a really tight schedule, you know, or he's on a really tight schedule. This one was, I was thinking of was like for a band. Um, so we can't, and I'm so sorry, but we would love to take a quick photo with you. Um, you know, or we'll, or do, whatever one, we'll do one group photo. Mm -hmm. What it, like, sometimes this happens with bands. Everybody gets to come in and meet the band and get one thing autographed. And then we're all going to get in and take one group photo mm -hmm. and we'll email you that photo afterwards. Yes. It's possible that somebody could leave that and say, oh my gosh, that band won't take pictures with people. That band, right. And it's or, funny because who said that is the tour manager who has 15 minutes in his window of his job to make sure he, the band meets all the fans, they get one group shot, and then they have to be in their dressing room prepared so the lead singer's voice doesn't sound terrible when he goes on stage. Like that's his literal job is to make that 15 minutes as, you know, as efficient as possible. That's his job. That's often my job. Um, so I would say nine times out of 10, I don't even think the bands that I worked with knew what was happening right. or the speech that the tour managers gave before or whatever. It was just, Hey, here are the rules. This is what's going to make it efficient night for us and a fun time for you. Here's how it works. If you want to be a part of it, great. We're so glad you're here. If these rules aren't for you, we'll see you later. You know, and people my, could have said, Oh, the band is jerks. They're awful. They're yeah. whatever, but it's not the band's decision. And my guess with Ellen, because the rules were don't look her in the eye, supposedly and don't speak to her. My guess is that somebody on her advanced team or one of her publicists have witnessed people come up to her and they prop, they rare, Ellen strikes me as the type of person that people would rarely say something quickly to. Like right, they like, would oh, say, you oh, really oh, inspired me when, right. whatever. And, and there's stories that you can't cut off. Right. There, you can't stop a story of somebody saying, oh, my gosh, you donated a million dollars to this cause. And my uncle had that disease and mm -hmm. he was such a sweet man. And can I show you a picture of him and blah, blah, blah. Nobody can cut that off, off without. Right. So what they do is they just make a blanket rule to, hey, Alan's going to come in. We're going to walk her right to the set. She's going to do her interview and then we're going to walk her right it out, right out. Can you let everybody know that she's not going to have time to pictures or talk to anybody? Mm -hmm. And that's what gets. And then that becomes, don't look her in the eye. Don't. Well, and I'm not going to like, you know, say that I don't love people from New York and LA because I do. However, I have been in situations like I live in the South and my entire music career was in the South. And the way that I would say things 
a little different from LA publicists that I've been around. You know what I mean? Or New York publicists. Like they don't mess around. They don't have time for it. They don't want to hear what you have to say. Well, They're like, can you and, just not? And I think sometimes they think that they're I that they get a little power hungry. I've been in situations with interviews where the publicist was losing their mind to wrap it up, to wrap something up and like almost breaking their wrist doing the little wrap it up mm -hmm. signal <laughs> to all of us doing the interview. And the celebrity actually stopped the conversation and said, hey. Can you stop? Will you relax? Yeah. Like we're all here. We're having a good time. We'll get to everything we need to do. And by the way, that celebrity was 50 Cent. And, <laughs> and his publicist was losing their mind. He said, hold on a second. Can you stop waving your, like you're just distracting everything. I know we're, uh, we're good. Right. And then he went right back into, into the interview and he's not the only one um, who's done that. Will Ferrell did it once. Do you remember, um, we actually saw this happen at an Elton John show in Vegas. Do you remember this? Well, it was Elton John who was yelling at the security guard, right? Because right? what happened is, so at venues, usually there are really strict rules and security is like usually a third party company that's like hired in and they get some blanket set of rules that probably a lawyer gave to them because, hey, if people are up and dancing, that's a liability. You know, they can't be near the stage or whatever because that's a liability and if on our watch, a fan gets to Elton John, he'll never play here again. We'll lose so much money. It'll be right. a disaster. So it's like all these like high up people that are doing this, right? This poor security guard at an Elton John show was trying to, you know, I don't know if you've ever been to an Elton John show. Jeff and I have been to a couple. He loves the crowd's attention. He loves it. And he people were dancing in front of the stage. Elton was loving it. And he actually you know, like there were people that I guess had gotten too close to the stage and security. It was the aisle next to the stage and security was doing their job trying to clear it. Right. And while Elton from the stage was trying to get people to dance more. Right. So Elton actually stopped for a second. He's like, I can't say what he said on our show because we don't cuss on our show, but it was by profanity laced. Leave my fans alone. Leave my fans alone rant in the middle of the show. And the poor guy was just doing his job, you know, but like Elton doesn't know what's on that sheet of paper. You know, he's never seen it. Right. So anyways, that's my little thing in defense, a small defense of, of, of Ellen. And just keep that in mind when you hear these diva type rules mm -hmm. that get applied to celebrities. And nine times out of 10, based on my experience, it's not the celebrity at all. Rothy's has been on a roll with their new products lately, and I love that they're expanding their line. So for a while, they had the pointy toe flats, which is a hugely popular bestseller. It has like 3000 perfect reviews. Then they did the loafer. The loafer is my personal favorite. I love it. It is my go to work shoe because it's so comfortable. Um, but now they're also introducing bags and they have a like slide in sneaker, a slide on sneaker that is so cute. It comes in a leopard print that I am ordering right now because I love it. And other things to love. They're made out of recycled water bottles. So these water bottles would have wound up in a landfill. They're not. Rothy's has used over 50 million single use plastic bottles to make their products. They also are machine 
washable. So you can wash them when they start to stink, which is, you know, an uncute fact about flats. And they're like brand new shoes. Check out all the amazing shoes and bags available right now at rothys.com slash upside. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash upside. Style and sustainability meet to create your new favorite pieces. Head to rothys.com slash upside today. Over 1 million people are taking charge of their mental health with BetterHelp. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. If you know that you could benefit from talking with somebody, a professional tr- counselor or therapist, now it's time. Go to betterhelp.com upside. You'll get 10% off your first month. What is BetterHelp? Well, it's therapy and counseling right from the comfort of your own home regarding anxiety, stress, grief, self-esteem, sleeping, trauma, Anything you share is confidential, it's convenient, it's professional, and it's affordable. As a matter of fact, there's even financial aid available. If you want to explore BetterHelp, go to the website, betterhelp.com upside, and know this, they are committed to finding a great therapeutic match for you, so they'll make it easy for you. If you have to change counselors, you can do so at no cost. Betterhelp.com slash upside, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash upside. I want you to start living a happier life today. We are going to be welcoming our first baby within a matter of months now. And there's so much to think about that goes into getting ready for a baby. But one thing we don't have to worry about is our comfortable bed, which let's be honest, after birth is going to be an amazing oasis because I will be spending a lot of time recovering in bed. We traded our sheets and our duvet cover for Brooklinen um, sheets and duvets. They are so comfortable. We love our bed and spending time in bed is so enjoyable. It has transformed our entire bedroom because we used to have, you know, our dog sleep in our bed. Our old comforter was a little pulled. The sheets were starting to pill. So we did everything at the same time. We ordered the Lux duvet and the Lux sheets. We have never been happier. And I love spending all that time in bed. Brooklinen.com is the perfect place to start making small changes that really do make a huge difference. And Brooklinen is so confident in their product that all of their sheets, comforters, loungewear, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. So go on, make yourself comfortable, upgrade your bedroom without having to change any furniture. Get 10% off your first order and free shipping when you use promo code UPSIDE only at brooklinen.com. Brooklinen, everything you need to live your most comfortable life. Today's quote of the day is this. Don't let what you can't do interfere with what you can do. I have an analogy. Oh, I love analogies. I know you do. Analogies are my favorite things. Well, that and your other favorite thing is history. And I'm going to make a historical analogy about coronavirus because I feel like no matter, I feel like most people are kind of going nuts right now. Not everybody, but like things are just different. Maybe you're working from home. Maybe you're being forced to go into work when you're scared to death. Maybe you have kids that you're trying to teach at home and keep your job. Maybe you're trying to be a teacher for the first time, virtual learning. Maybe you're teaching your own kids. I don't know. Life is weird for everybody right now. Okay. So here's the analogy I'm going to make. And I was thinking about this earlier this week and I was like, oh my gosh, Jeff would love this. So I was thinking about World War II. 
Okay. And I was thinking about in World War II how there was kind of like this transitional time, and Jeff can probably speak to this because he's like my little history buff, um, that life changed for most Americans. Okay. During the war, right? Yes, correct. So there were people doing things that they had never done before that were way out of social norms at that time. For example, my grandmother decided she was going to go to nursing school and be a nurse because that was her contribution to the war. Women were getting jobs in factories like that they, they would leave the home to get go get jobs well, to like help the economy. Well, it's because the men were overseas right. serving. So the women had to fill those jobs to actually build some of the equipment that was needed in the war. And that wasn't a super commonplace thing. Like women took care of the home traditionally right. and men went to work. And then when the war started, men went off to war and women either joined, you know, the effort or they went and did labor that they would never have even considered doing before the war, but it was a critical time. It was a stressful time, whatever. What I was thinking about is there are probably things that didn't make the history books that happened during that transition. There were probably family members that didn't find it appropriate for women to be going to work in factories. Uh, yeah. There were probably um, children that didn't have, you know, snack on the table when they got home from school. Um, things were probably different for everybody. There were but it's probably, not, it's not documented because there were so, there were so many things that were different that the small ones aren't really documented anymore. Well, and I think they were probably big for the people doing them, but what we see is, wow, how amazing that women went to work you know what I mean? Like Rosie the Riveter and all that went to work to support everybody and for their benefit. And like you didn't hear, we didn't hear the stories about moms who were arguing with their kids about getting things done before they were home for dinner. Or we don't hear any of those little stories. I feel like we're in the thick of a historical thing right now where we're thinking about the arguments we have in our homes with our kids, with our spouses, with our workplaces, about all these things that are changed. In two generations, when we tell this to our grandkids, when our grandkids learn about this time in school, what they're going to learn about is the sacrifices everybody made to make this work. So how instead of, oh my gosh, it was so stressful, I was pulling my hair out, drinking wine because I was trying to work, my kids are yelling during a conference call, they're supposed to be working, all this stuff. The history books aren't going to tell that story. They're going, what to, just they're tell going to tell how everybody stepped up. Right. And did their part. So it will be amazing at some point that not only were you doing your job, but you were also people were staying at home to educate kids. Teachers were learning a brand new way of teaching so they could teach the kids. And when I thought about it like that, I was like, that is really cool. And it should give you permission to not be a perfect at home teacher or not to be a perfect employee, you know, if you're back in the office and you're worried or not to be a perfect teacher in the classroom trying to figure out, um, you know, distance learning or virtual learning or anything like that. Because at the end of the day, when this is remembered, it will be a heroic effort that you made. So just no keep, matter what you're doing, just keep making the effort. Don't worry about perfection. Yeah. So anyways, I just thought, how, are you proud of that analogy? Did That's it work? That's a good one. Yeah. It was a good one. I wouldn't have called it an analogy. It wasn't really, it was more of a comparison, but it was good. Oh, 
Well, I was really excited. No, it was good. I mean, it was like, uh, an analogy in my world goes like a little bit faster, you know, like that was more of a. We hit. did an interview yesterday, by the way, um, and Jeff gave a horrible analogy. <laughs> yeah. Talked it so long, like he went through so far and then he finally just gave up. He's like, whatever. I don't know what I'm talking about. This I, For some reason, we were talking about like advertising on podcasts. And I said, for example, if you're a historical baseball card dealer, and then I start like telling the story and I get a third of the way through it. And I'm like, I don't know why I went with historical baseball card dealer, because I don't know anything about baseball cards. I don't know anything about the history of baseball. <laughs> I don't really know that much about baseball. So I can't finish this. And it's not like we were just watching, you know, a baseball yeah, game or something. I don't something. know where don't that know. came from. So weird. All right. Speaking of random here, are my three random things for today. Uh, the countdown to Girl Scout cookie season has started and the Girl Scouts have announced a brand new flavor. Oh, it's a French toast inspired cookie. It's shaped like a mini toast slice and it's dipped in vanilla icing. It's only going to be available in select areas. I hate that. <laughs> Not hate that, but the select areas thing. Do you remember a couple years ago, there was this amazing cookie that we like couldn't even keep in our house. It was so good. Oh, the s'mores one. But the chocolate dipped the s'mores chocolate one, dipped s'mores. It one. was amazing. And we were able to get them in Georgia and we ordered them and they were great. New favorite cookie, whatever. And it was a new one for that year. The next year, our bakery, wherever, because I guess they must outsource their baking. Yeah, there's famously, there's like two or three Girl Scout cookie bakeries, and even the recipes are a little bit different. So people are will say I only like the Thin Mints from this particular bakery. But literally, the bakery that supplies our Girl Scouts stopped making that delicious, or they didn't make it. <laughs> this is a, this oh is my the gosh. most basic. Oh. The only thing more basic about what's happening right now would be if Callie was holding an iced coffee. Literally, literally, <laughs> my favorite Girl Scout cookie was discontinued. Literally. The worst day ever. It was the worst day ever. Anyways. Uh, so I don't know what part of the country it's going to be in, but uh, Girl Scouts cookies will be sold this year um, virtually through a, an online platform called Girl Scout Cookie Care, where you will have virtual cookie booths to order from. Uh, number two, a uh, reason that breaking up can be so hard to do is something, according to psychologists, that has been dubbed frustration attraction. When an individual gets dumped, the person who got dumped becomes more attracted to the person who did the dumping, mm. and it's called frustration attraction. Interesting. And my third random thing is uh, there's a, a restaurant, a company in Texas. Um, they're a chain, but the Houston, Texas location did a promotion on this past Monday. It was the uh, Day of Karen. They put a Facebook post and said, the Karens are coming. And in, in order to show sympathy to the good Karens of the world, anyone who is legally named Karen can eat here for free on this That's day. That's awesome. Yep. <laughs> uh, the way you would claim your free meal is you'd go to the register and uh, order your food. And when they give you your total, you say, I would like to speak to the manager. That's Awesome. And that's the code word. And over 40 Karens showed up and took advantage. Of, I love it. Yep. And they were just trying to spin the 
It's been the negative connotation that Karen has. All right, before we get out of here, just a reminder, today is Thursday, which means it's three-peat Thursday, which means we need you to vote for us to be number one on Podcast Magazine's Hot 50 chart again three months in a row, hence the three-peat. You can text the word VOTE to 800-434-5454 and you'll get a link. We'll also put a link in our show notes where you can vote there uh, or you can just go to podcastmagazine.com slash hot 50. All you need is an email address. And hey, if you have a work email address and a personal email address, I'm not telling you not to vote twice. I'm just saying. It's exactly what he's telling you to do. Yeah. So three-peat Thursday. Yay, us. Thank you for listening to The Upside with Callie and Jeff. Please make sure you've subscribed so you never miss an episode of The Upside. Apparently, we are normal. We are, well, at least we're not abnormal. As it relates to the two things that we were talking about in our last episode, where, oh, I get really nervous about spending money on renting movies, even though they're cheaper than they were when we were renting them constantly at Blockbuster. And Jeff doesn't like pouring new dog food on top of the old dog food because he's worried that the dog food will be stale for our dogs. And as you'll hear from the voicemails at the end of the show today, we are not alone. Hi guys, it's T-Bird. Yes, you are normal. Okay, Callie. So I used to go to Redbox, you know, I used to drive, get in my car and drive to Redbox, order three movies, spend $12.99, watch one of them, and then forget to return them for three days. So three movies where I actually watched one of them would end up costing me like 30 bucks, something absolutely ridiculous. Yet two nights ago, wanting to watch a movie, it was $2.99. I could not bring myself to do it. What is wrong? Okay, we're normal. I guess we're normal. Yay! Okay, I love you guys. Bye! I'm sure you haven't thought too much about the socks on your feet, but Bombas has. They've literally rethought every little detail of the socks we wear in order to make them way more comfortable. What is it that drives you nuts? Do you wear the short socks that slip down below your heel and constantly drive you crazy because they're literally underfoot? Or is it the seam that's near the toe of the sock that just always sits in the wrong place and drives you crazy? What is it that drives you nuts about your socks? Trust me, Bombas is taking care of that problem. Not only do they do that, but they do some really good stuff in the world. The generosity of Bombas customers has allowed them to donate over 34 million pairs of socks because with every pair purchased, they give away a pair. And now the impact is more powerful than ever. To those experiencing homelessness, socks represent the dignity of putting on clean clothes, a small comfort, but so important right now. To help them help the world and give a pair when you buy a pair, plus get 20% off your first purchase, go to bombas.com slash upside. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash upside. 20% off your first purchase at Bombas. Hey guys, I'm listening to today's episode on Wednesday. Um, in Colorado, and I'm actually calling to thank you guys as well. My husband lost his job due to um, COVID a few months ago and has been in corporate America his whole life, has hated it, hated it, hated it, not that kind of person. And uh, about a month and a half ago, he said, I think I want to start a business. 
And old me would have said, no, stick with corporate job. We have a child. We need the benefits. Let's, let's stay safe. And because of the show and hearing what you guys have done, I said, let's do it. And we're almost a month into the official launch date. And believe it or not, our business, his business, just doubled what he would have made in one month at his old corporate job. So thank you guys. I appreciate it. You gave me some courage to believe in him and I've never seen him happier. And that's all that matters. Love the show. Bye. Hey, Callie and Jeff. It's Leslie in Virginia. And I am responding to the Am I Normal? Jeff, I am right there with you. I use every morsel of dog kibble before I put the new bag in our very similar container. And I just have to let you know, I had the windows open. I'm on my way home from a doctor's appointment, and I had the windows open because it's not that hot in Northern Virginia today. And I put all the windows up so that you would get better quality audio on this message. Have a great day. Bye. Hi, Callie and Jeff. This is Jackie, and I'm with my son, Donovan. And he, I really think this is a good hot topic of discussion for you guys. He asks me this a few times a week, and I really I don't know the answer. But, Donovan, what's your question? Um, I would like there to be um, prizes in cereal boxes again. Well, I don't know why. There is a statement, but he doesn't know why, and I don't either, why there's no more prizes in cereal boxes. Um, maybe you guys can find out for us. Love you guys. Bye. Hey, this is Kimberly from Georgia. I was just listening to Callie's PSA about the fact that things that happen in high school, especially with boys, won't matter in a few years, period. I'm going through this exact thing with my 17-year-old daughter who just was broken up with after two years, and in her mind, her life is over, and she has nothing And I've told her the exact same thing. She won't remember that boy in a few years when she goes off to college or past that. So I do hope that people will listen to that message and take it to heart because there's certainly more to life than your high school boyfriend. Love you guys, and thanks for all you do on the show. Hey, guys. I'm listening to you talk about Jeff being right or being never wrong. Um... The line my husband likes to use is, I may not always be right, but I'm never wrong. So um, that's kind of a fun one to live with, so I'm with you there, Callie, but I do understand he won't dig in unless he knows. Every child deserves a champion, an adult who will never give up on them, who understands the power of connection and insists that they become the best that they can possibly be. Is this job tough? You betcha. But it is not impossible. We can do this. We're educators. We're born to make a difference.